All right, praise the Lord. Okay, let's take a declaration before we um, go into the word. So if you're coming for the first time or you need help, just um, put up your hand and somebody will help you with this. All right. Yeah, just at uh, the, the cover page, you see the declaration there. Okay, so let's declare as we take the word. One, two, three, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of his word, I'm working in a manner worthy of his I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruits in every good work, and I'm increasing the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's be seated. I believe that the Lord has heard our prayers and we will write down those words and open our hearts to receive his word. Praise the Lord. Um, Pastor is um, presently in the Meduguri and um, he sends his um, love. Hopefully, uh, by Tuesday, he will be here. So let's keep praying that the Lord will prosper. The work of God will prosper in that region in Jesus' name. All right. Um, let's turn our Bibles to, I have a number of scriptures in mind, but let's start from um, John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Um, I'll read from around verse 1 to 10. Then we'll read from Second Kings chapter 4. All right, John chapter 2. Now the Bible says on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with us? He says to her, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servant, Whatever I say to you, do it. Now there was sorry, now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing twenty and thirty gallons each. Jesus said in verse seven, said to them, Fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up with uh, they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the wine. Uh, or to the head uh, waiter. So they took to him. Now in verse 9, when the head waiter tasted um, the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom. And he said to him in verse 10, every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the uh, poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Now the Bible says in that in verse 11, it says this is the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and the disciples believed in him. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. Now from verse 1, now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. 
Elisha in verse 2 said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And he said, and she said, Your maid servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels at large, at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. He says, Do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into these vessels, and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring another vessel. And he said to her, There is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, and pay your, debt, your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Praise the Lord. I'm still trying to give a title to what I want. But I'll just be talking maybe along the line. Um, we'll get a topic for it. Now, I read two scriptures. The first is in uh, John chapter 2. And there was something that caught my attention there. Once I was doing personal Bible study, and that thing caught my attention. The Bible says the wine ran out, or the wine finished, depending on the translation you're using. We um, were in that time where people need answer to the questions or to the problems that uh, we face presently all over the world. Before now, we've enjoyed or the world, the earth, has enjoyed um, ideas um, of men, natural men. And you'll be amazed how far, um, you'll be amazed what the natural man can do without God. The natural man can do a lot without God. And I think that's the, one of the deceptions that, um, um, that people ride on. Um, and we tend to leave God um, behind. Now, so it comes to that point because um, his spirit will never strive with man. So he leaves men to do what they want to do. Now, this can, be, uh, it can happen in, 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 uh, and in the life of an individual. It can happen in families, it can happen in systems, um, organizations, it can happen in a nation. That God leaves men, you know, for, for some time um, to just enjoy themselves, in quote. So they run on their ideas, they run on the structures, they run on their plans. And sometimes it spans into generation, hmm? and they'll be getting results. They'll be making progress and all that. So, but the time comes where that wine, because all this time, all this while, they have done these things without God. Hmm? But the, the, the idea, the strength of man, the plans of man always have a point where it comes to that it will no longer succeed again. Now, at that point, that is when the Lord expects that, okay, you should turn to me, then I will bring my plan, I will bring my system, I will bring my government. Um, whatever I say to you, do at this point, then you should do. But men, because, you know, habits are easily formed but difficult to break because they've been used to a system all this while. It's now difficult to adapt 
to take the system of God and operate in their lives. So they try, they keep trying to get a solution to their problems. So a time will come where the wine will run out. A time will come where there will be confusion. Now, whether you like it or not, irrespective of what you have enjoyed outside God, the wine will run out. Yes, everything you have enjoyed outside God, a time will come where the wine will run out. Now, again, let me say this. The wine represents the, the old wine, you know, that, you know, sometimes you'll be amazed how long it takes to produce some of these wines that we drink. It takes years. It takes strength, process, and all that. So, people, you know, people tend to jump into this idea of men, into this system of men. Now, so, the wine will run out. If you read your Bible carefully, now please listen to this. Um, this is not to threaten us. This is just to uh, tell us scripture, nothing else. Um, if the talk of the word system and you are afraid, you just need to check where your treasure has been. If they tell you that the word system will collapse and you are afraid, then just, it's not, um, just check because it is where your uh, treasure is. That is where your heart is. Do you understand? So if they tell you that... Uh, um, a system will collapse and fear grips you, then I think you should sit down and ask yourself, where is my focus? What have I been focusing on all this while? Um, I don't think the apostles will be scared when you tell them. In fact, they were looking forward to the coming of Jesus. Praise God. I was preaching somewhere um, earlier, I think this week, and I was talking about how systems would collapse. And um, somebody came to me after the message and said she was threatened. I said, that means your treasure is here. The only thing that the Lord assures you of your security is the security of your soul, nothing else. So if they tell you that this earth, would, that judgment is coming upon this earth, as a Christian, you should not be afraid. Praise the Lord. If you're afraid, it means that you have a lot of treasure here. Um, I don't know how true it is, um, because I read yesterday that um, the federal government, they were not so clear on it. Uh, they are trying to uh, roll up new um, Naira notes, right? Uh, you are not afraid. You know why? Because you don't have billions stashed anywhere. There are people who can't sleep now. I hope you know. Blood pressure has gone up. So when people hear that systems want to change and order wants to come in, it's only people who have treasure. Somebody, I think that was about uh, the last year, works in one of the banks and he said some, now they, they do a lot of crazy things there. He said somebody came to him and said he wants to deposit two billionaire cash. I, I hope you know you can't do that. Uh, but if you can walk, you know, just help him lodge that money in. Now he's going to get a cut, maybe like um, 10%. 10% of two billion is that much? Somebody shouts temptation. <laughs> 200 million, right? Uh, the guy, you know, he, he was a Christian and he was, he, he said he laughed, you know. And funny enough, he was close to, he's out of the country now, he was close to uh, resigning from the bank. But he said he laughed. So, the reason you are not afraid that the federal government wants to change the Naira notes and bring out, roll out, is because you don't have money stashed anywhere. For people who do, they know what that announcement will do to them. 
they know. A bank, I was told, has now you can't deposit more than five million naira in a week. And I think if I come and say that uh, the new note, sorry, the CBN said the new note is likely to come out in uh, December, right? Okay, so if you get two billion, <laughs> you have two billion, two billion naira, and you have to deposit five million naira in a week. You tell me how many accounts you want to spread that money. Now, why, why did I get in? When you hear that God is going to judge this earth, if you are afraid, then check where your, where your heart is. That's what I'm saying. Because you are not supposed to be afraid. You are not, because the old wine must run out. It's a must. The old wine must run out. Not because God is angry, but because he just wants people to understand. Listen, Jesus is real. And as a Christian, your only focus should be Christ. When the Bible says the desires of the righteous and all that, the only desire you should have is that Christ be formed in you, nothing else. That's the only desire you should have. Is it the living Bible that says in Christ, everything has its proper place? When Christ is fully formed in a man, in a woman, he is the one who puts things in place. What we are trying to do as a result of the old wine, of course, we put things in place, except that it comes and... Uh, uh, and we experience decay. The Bible talks of the corruption that is in the world as a result of what? Lost. Evil desires. So the wine will run out. The ideas of men will run out. Lofty ideas, beautiful ideas will run out. Now, why? So Because Jesus just wants to establish his kingdom. And men will never understand the importance of the kingdom of God if they have an existing one that is working. I don't know if you understand. So there's an existing kingdom that is working which represents the old wine. Everything appears to be going well. So the kingdom of God comes and you're like, what what is this? That is why, listen, you will never understand the good news, what you call the gospel, eh? which is good news, good announcement, good message. You will never understand it until they sit you down and tell you of the bad one. You only appreciate good news if you know where you were heading to before. The good news does not make sense to a man who thinks he was standing. No, it doesn't make sense. No matter how they preach it to you. God has to bring you to a place where you understand that you are, you, you, listen, you were rotten. God has to bring you to a place where you understand that you were heading for death, destruction, eternal destruction. Otherwise, the good news will never make sense to you. The good news never made sense to the Pharisees. The good, that's why Jesus said to them, prostitutes and tax collectors will enter this kingdom before you. Because they understand their state. A man went to preach to a very nice lady. She was very sick. Was talking to her about Christ and told her that she's not better than the prostitute out there. And the woman got angry that, why are you comparing me to a prostitute? He said, because you are not born again. And if you die, and the prostitute die, where she's going to is where you are going to. Do you understand? Now, what, what was he trying to do? Make her know her state, her rotten state. Then the good news will make sense to her. Somebody who has been diagnosed of cancer, cancer stage four cancer, she has lived with that thought for years, affected her mind. Then one day she goes to the hospital. They told her, now I've, I've seen somebody who was, okay, I, 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 I've heard of somebody who was wrongly diagnosed. And they were, she, the person had undergone chemotherapy. They now discovered that it was not cancer. Yeah. I think she's done the first, uh, 
first round of chemo. They now discovered that it was not cancer. She's fine today. Now, so somebody has cancer and she's lived with that thought. Then they now, they now, you know, she goes to the hospital and I'll tell her that, uh, uh, sorry, you were wrongly diagnosed. Now, that is good news to her. I don't know if you understand. Why? Because the old one, she knew the implication of the old news. That was death. So you will never understand the good news. It will never make meaning to you. You might, head knowledge might tell you, but until you sit down and understand your state, and God, in fact, that's where I'm going to, God wants to bring every man, every system, every nation to that place, that point zero. Paraventure that they will be humble and ask for help. Then he will offer them, he will give them instruction. He doesn't give uh, difficult instructions. Gives them very simple instruction because you, you will do the possible, God will do the impossible. Do you understand? He always gives you the possible to do, then he gives, then he does the impossible. What is the possible? Fill the jazz. Do you understand? That's the possible. What is the possible? Roll the stone. Then he will be the one to call Lazarus forth. You are the one to fill the jar. What is the possible? Cast your net. He will command the fishes to come to that direction. Do you understand? What is the possible? Go and wash in, uh, uh, what is that river again? Jordan. At least you can walk there. What's the impossible? The impossible is that after you dip, according to the instruction, you'll be made clean. Now, as possible as these things, he wants to reduce men to zero. Because it is only when you have been reduced to zero, it is only when you have been reduced to nothing, that the possible now makes sense to you. Now, makes sense in, in, because if you have seen people who are sick, they, they, you tell them, drink this, they drink. Why? Because they are looking for solution. They are just trying to lay their hands on anything that will work. But what God is doing is that he wants to reduce me, he wants to reduce you to zero. That is only when the new wine would make sense. For now, a lot of us are still enjoying the old wine. You'll be amazed. Why? Because it's working. We're getting results. But this is not bad announcement. This is actually good news for you. That old wine must finish. The idea, see, if you are, see, please, pastor has been emphasizing this. But let me just echo what he's been saying. If you're in Christ, you don't have plans. I've come to settle with that. You don't. If you still do, you are still getting into Christ. The apostle said, we have left all. That is, we will not get plans again, right? To follow you. Now, of course, what is just happening is that your wine, you are still enjoying the old one. Because even in that wine, uh, you still need a new skin. What they call the wine skin. Because if that new wine comes into the old wine skin, it will burst. Do you understand? And so... When you are empty of your ideas, of your plans and everything, then we can pour in the new wine. Then it will stay. As it is now, it's those your ideas and everything. If we pour in that, if the Lord pours in that new wine into that old wine skin with your ideas and everything, it will burst. So he doesn't want to waste the wine. So he's giving you time to purge yourself. Right? So um, John the Baptist says that... I, I, I would decrease so that he can increase. I will reduce myself to zero so that he can find expression in me. Praise the Lord. The old wine is running out. If I wish people can just sit down and you know understand this 
and hold on to Jesus. So God always waits for men to run out of ideas um, so that they will know that the power belongs to God. So he waits for that. Um, Like I said, he gives people time, but he waits for that so that they will know that the power truly um, belongs um, to God. Now, at that point, when Jesus starts walking, when the new wine comes, they can give glory to God. Um, Sometimes we say we give glory to God, but um, we're not really serious with that. It's just, um, just, those words are just there. When you are giving glory to God from the very depth of your heart, if it's coming from your heart, the Lord knows. Now, that is when you have run run out of ideas. You know, sometimes you see... Um, you see men, women who are going through difficulty because it is at that time that the power of God is, um, is seen. Now, this, this is how Pastor puts it. He says, trouble is the best, best instrument in the hands of the Lord to bring Christ out of us. Trouble hmm, is the best instrument in the hands of God to bring Christ out of you, to produce Christ in you. It says in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10, it talks of um, um, that I have tested you in the furnace of what? Affliction. Now, he didn't test you in prosperity. He tested you in the furnace of affliction. Now, so that, because this whole thing we are doing is that Christ will come out of us, nothing else. James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, count it all joy. Now, I, 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 you know, I wonder, like, you know, I've said this severally. Sometimes we, we claim the promises of God, which is good. But there are promises that Jesus himself also made. And he said, in this world, you will have trouble. I hope you know. Or you thought that one, you said, this cannot be Jesus. You canceled it. Now, how many of us wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I received the trouble for today? Huh? You wake up in the morning the same way you claim my going out is blessed, my coming in is blessed. Blessed shall I be in the field, and blessed I am in the city. I do not have leaking pockets. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Father, today I receive the trouble for the day. <laughs> not, <laughs> I, mean, I, hope you are supposed to, I hope you know you are supposed to make such declaration also. Are you looking at me like this now? Is it not the promise of Jesus? No, it's the promise of Jesus. Now, whether you claim it or not, don't worry, it will happen. Uh, No, it will happen. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll be amazed at the things that you see there. The things Jesus said with his mouth. It is we pastors that are afraid to tell the people the terms and conditions to follow Jesus. He was never afraid to tell people. How can you have a church, John chapter 6, that is so full and you preached one sermon and everybody scattered. And you were even telling the ones that remain that they're not going to go. Jesus was never afraid to tell the people the terms and conditions to follow him. Now, they were not good see, to the natural mind. It doesn't feel good. He told them, if you want to follow me, these are the things. If you want to be my disciple. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the road that leads to life, to eternal life, is what? It's narrow. Straight and narrow. The one that leads to destruction is what? Is wide. Let me tell you something. Do you know, do you know now we think it's wide? Do you know people who makes it wide? It's pastors. 
Doctrines make the road wide. Do you understand? So that everybody can come in. No, that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is not for everybody. I can preach a message that makes the road wide so everybody comes in. I can design a church in such a way that the road gets wide and everybody comes in. No, but that is not what Jesus said. The road is narrow. It's so narrow that it will take the way himself to carry you through the way. Do you understand? The way is Christ. You can't go through it except he is carrying you. He carries you through that path. Now, but what we do most times as pastors, we, our, we preach messages that make the road wide. No, the road is not wide. The road will never be wide. The road is still narrow, and very few are on that road. The road is still narrow. I mean, I never preach a message that makes the road appear to be wide. No. He told them the terms. Now, there was a time he preached, so somebody said, so who can be saved? Good. That's the question he's waiting for. Say, so who can be saved? He said, good. That's what I'm waiting for. He's the one to carry you through that road, that way. Because it's so narrow. Men are pressing through it. Men are pressing. But I can so preach a message that you put a spot car on that road and you'll be, bang! Then the end, you go get accident for a road. But if he's the one carrying you, which he wants to do, when he said the Holy Spirit will help you, that is what it means. That's the Holy Spirit that will carry you through. Jesus is the way. Listen, he's the one that carries us. On our own, we can do practically nothing. Nothing. So the man who understands this constantly calls for help, constantly cries for help, but you will never get to that point of crying for help until the old wine runs out. So, trouble in the hands of the Lord is an instrument to bringing Christ out of us. You know, um, man of God made this example. Let me just... He said, if you, carry, if, you have a, if you have a cup of water, for example, filled with clean water, hmm? now, somebody comes and shakes you, and the water spills. What will spill out of that cup? Clean water or dirty water? Clean water, right? Because that is what the cup... It's filled with clean water, right? He said, when um, people come and shake us, eh, whatever comes out of us was what was there before. So let's give thanks for the people that God used to shake us. Do you understand? Now, Paul said, puts it like this. He says, because I'm in prison, because I'm in chains, God is doing mighty things in this place that I am. The gospel is being preached and people are getting converted. He said, because I'm in chains. What it simply means is, that, what, that was what was in him. So, in prison, that he was squeezed, the things that were in him began to come out. The gospel, truth, began to come out. Because everything you go through in life, you see that furnace of affliction, you see the troubles, they are going to make you either of these two. They are going to make you either a minister or a monster. Hmm? The things that you go through, is it that you will come out as a minister of God? So, a Joyce Mayer was abused by her father sexually, right? Then, out of that abuse, she became a minister of God. So, when she talks of forgiveness, she's not talking from the point of the things she read. From the furnace of affliction, God is bringing out a message. Do you understand? From poverty, if you have suffered poverty before, that's a furnace of affliction. God is bringing out something. Now, you also read of people who said that somebody takes a gun, goes to a mall, 
and kills 30, 40 persons. So they say they are taking him to a psychiatric home and they examine him. And they said, no, he was abused when he was young. Why? The situation made him a monster. That's what they are trying to say. Do you understand? So the problem is not him. The problem is the system. The, uh, they, they, they gave the statistics of the number of uh, uh, boys in prison. And they discovered that in the number of them, the 80% of them, they were raised without a father. There was no father figure in their life. So they ended up in prison. They ended up in psychiatric homes, drug addicts, and all that. So what, what they are simply telling us is that the situation has made them a monster. Now, but this, for a man who is in Christ, the trials that you go through, the Bible says count it what? All joy. Because the trials are going to make you a, an effective minister of God. So Paul, so despite the fact that I'm in chains, God is using me to do great things here. Do you understand? That is, I'm not going to complain. Now, that's not easy. You, you understand? But if you are going through delay, oh, you've been married, no child. Now, for such person, we expect to see Christ more in you. Because you've gone through a process, or you are going through a process, and that process is only supposed to produce one thing from you, Christ. I told one woman, what? a group of women anyway, or maybe the thing touched one, come meet me. I said, when you're advising people, the fact that you had failed marriage, eh? don't use that your failed marriage to be advising young girls. Advise them from the scripture. Do you understand? Because that's your situation has turned you to a monster. So you go around infecting people with that bitterness. People have enjoyed good marriages before. And they are still enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Ah. Mama, you're enjoying it. Oh, God. <laughs> Woman of God, you're enjoying it. People have enjoyed it. People are still enjoying it. Now, the fact that you are not enjoying it doesn't mean that God is not good. God is still good. Do you understand? Good. Now, there are things, of, of course, have suffered. But I will never use it to teach people. Like, in life, that is how life is. No. The gospel is not your message. The gospel is not what you have gone through. Because you see, number of us, when we want to, when we want to preach the gospel, we preach what we have gone through. No, it's not you. Whether good or bad, it's not you. The gospel is not that you were a drug addict before. Now, today, God has saved you. That's not the gospel, though. The gospel is not that you were poor. Now you are rich. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not that you had cancer before. That's a testimony. It's not the gospel. Do you understand? That's a testimony. The gospel is Christ. Do you understand? Can you just leave it there? The power is not in your testimony. The power is in the simplicity of that gospel delivered to men who will accept it. Say what you want to preach to people, just tell your story. Your story has no power. Do you understand? Your story has no power. Your story can only encourage, but it cannot give power. What gives power is the entrance of the world to men. In men. You know, when the world penetrates, it gives men power. What's your story? Are you the first person that came from zero to hero? Praise the name of the Lord. So what God is doing is that he's reducing me, he's reducing you, he's bringing that earth to the, to the point where they, they will say to him, our wine is finished. Then at that point, he will now start giving them instructions. And like I've said, you will do the what? The possible. He will do the what? The impossible. But you must understand that my wine is finished. You must understand. You will think the old wine is sweet until you experience the new one. 
Oh, you've not experienced the new one. That is why when they say this earth is coming to an end, you don't want it to come to an end because you've not finished building your house. There were people who were building. God was warning them. They're not here. They said they must finish the house before December. She flood down. So a number of people who came to end, came to the end of themselves. So I'll just give you a number of examples. Number one, you know, you know, Paul so fought. Um, that's, uh, I think somewhere in Romans chapter 7. He, Paul got to a point of frustration. He said, the things I want to do, eh? I don't find myself doing it. You know, there was a time I sat down. Eh? I said, I'm not a Christian. I'm not joking. I sat down. I said to myself, I'm not a Christian. I came to the end of myself. Because there were things, I know some of you are very good people. You've not done anything. <laughs> you know? Your life, you are just, your spiritual life is just like this. You are meeting your targets. Prayer life is increasing. Your world life is increasing. You are giving more now. Before you used to fast three days, now you've increased it. You know they eat for the week. You know, if, they, if somebody insults you, you say to the person, God bless you. You know? But I'm still growing. Praise God. Yeah. So I sat down and I said to myself, I'm not a Christian. I'm not joking. I knelt down and over again, I made the sinner's prayer. Father, this is me. I believe in Jesus. I believe he came. I believe he died. I believe he was resurrected. Eh? Good. Now, the Bible is so interesting that he did not just tell you the strength of men. He also told you their weakness. So Paul came to a point. If I read that from the Good News Translation, it puts it so beautiful. Or the Living Bible, sorry. Romans chapter 7. Can we just read that? Um, Romans chapter 7, quickly. Um, let, let me start reading from maybe verse 1. I'll, just, I'll really like a story so that you enjoy it. He said, don't you understand yet, dear Jewish brothers in Christ, that when a person dies, the law no longer holds him in his power? He said, let me illustrate this. When a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. Now, remember, I'm reading from the Living Bible. He said, but he, but if he dies, she's no longer bound to him. The laws of marriage no longer apply to her. Then she can marry someone else if she wants to. That would be wrong while he was alive. But it is perfectly all right after he dies. Now, if just understand, he's talking here about sin and the old man and all that. He said, your husband, your master used to be the Jewish law. Now he's explaining it now. Hmm? But you died, that is, you died to those laws, those traditions, as it were, with Christ on the cross. And since you are dead, you are no longer married to the law. It has no more control over you. Then you came back to life again. When Christ did an, uh, a new person, and now you are married, so to speak to the one who rose from the dead, so that you can produce good fruits, that is, good deeds of God, for God. He said, when, you are, he said, when your old nature was still active, your sin desires were at work within you, making you want to do whatever God said not to, and producing sinful deeds, the rotting fruit of death. He says in verse 6, but now you need no longer worry about the Jewish laws and customs because you died while in their captivity, and now you can, re- re- you can really serve God. Not in the old way, mechanically, obeying a set of rules, but in the new way, with all your hearts and mind. You say, well then, you say, am I suggesting that these laws are evil? Of course not. 
No, the law is not sinful, but it was the law that showed me my sin. He says, I would never known, I would never have known the sin in my heart, the evil desires that are hidden there, if the law had not said, you must not have evil desires in your heart. But sin used to be the law against the flesh, against evil, evil desires, by reminding me that such desires are wrong and arousing all kinds of forbidding desires within me, only if there were no laws to break, laws to break, would there be no sinning. He said, that is why I felt fine as long as I did not understand what the law really demanded. That's the best time. He says, but when I learned the truth, I realized that I had broken the law and I was a sinner doomed to die. Now, remember I said to you, you will never understand the gospel until you understand the bad news, right? Because the gospel is good news. Now, he says, so far, as I was concerned, the good law was supposed to show me um, the way of life, uh, the way of life resulted instead of my being given to death penalty. Um, because of time, let me look for that place where he was complaining. Verse 15. He says, I don't understand myself at all. For all I really want to do, for all I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to. Now, this is Apostle Paul speaking, oh. This is not Judas. This is Paul saying that there are things that he wanted to do that he could not do. He said, I know perfectly in verse 16. I know perfectly well that what I am doing is wrong. Eh? Paul speaking. And my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws I'm breaking. But I can't help myself. Now, this is God reducing you to zero. Do you understand? When you come to that point where you say, I cannot help myself, what you are saying to God is, come and help me. Now, there is a desire to do. Now, the desire doesn't mean you have the power. That is why Philippians will say, Philippians 2 will say, he is the one giving you both the desire and the power. There are people who have desires, but they don't have the power. Do you understand? The balance is that you, are, you do not just have desires, you also have the power. So there are people who have desires, but no power. Now what that desire would do, it will lead you to frustration, because there's no power. So men who have great desires, they always come to that point of frustration. Why? Because they cannot, on their own, bring forth those desires. So there are great things that they want to do, but there's no power. David also got to this point. Now, so let me continue reading. See, I know perfectly well, in verse 16, that what I'm doing is wrong. And my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws I am breaking. But I can't help myself. And this is where God starts working. Do you understand? He says what? Thank God. It has been done by Jesus our Lord. He has set me free. Now, so until you come to the end of yourself... You will continue to struggle. You will have desires, but no power. Desires without power is frustrating. Do you understand? You will set your alarm clock to pray by five. Not only you will snooze down by five minutes. Who shouted yes? (laughs) Your deliverance is not far. (laughs) We did the same WhatsApp group. Though I've left you, (laughs) if you checked, you see that I left removed. They always removed me from that group of struggle. So you'll be the one to snooze. Now, you just keep snoozing. There's a way these things work. You just keep snoozing five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. My brother, before you see, at 6.30. Now, that 6.30, you are calculating. You have your children to prepare for school. You have to go to work. 
Like somebody said, somebody who lives in Lagos, you know, he said, this is how they pray. Father, we thank you for today. They are beating, you We give you thanks as we go out. We ask that you go with us. Then they come back tired. And they just, Father, we thank you. They, nah, nah, four o'clock with that again. So the, for year in, year out, it's the same thing. Now, they, they have desires. Desires without power leads to frustration. Do you understand? That is why God is see is like this. Is John chapter 1, I think verse 17. Jesus was full of truth and grace. He came with what? Truth and grace. Because if you have one only without the other, you have one without the other, you are going to be a frustrated man. In fact, you are going to be a very terrible man. You are going to be a wicked Christian. A Christian who has truth without grace is a wicked. You'll be amazed at the things that they do. So they will see somebody who is dying. The priest will walk past. He has truth. The Levite will do what? Will walk past. Then the Samaritan who has compassion in his heart will take that one to the hospital, pay his bills. Right? These were these are men who had truth without grace. You know, I like the way Zakone explained it. He said truth is like this. It's like a skeleton. Very rigid. Do you understand? This is how we have been doing it. Truth. Suffer not the witch to live. Truth. They have truth, 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 truth. No grace. Then he said, there are people who have grace. Just the flesh. No bone. No skeleton. So they fit into anything. They are like jellyfish. You know the jellyfish? It fits into anything. They are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. He said this. The balanced Christian is the one who has a skeleton. Then there is a flesh. I don't know if you understand. That's a balanced Christian. He has truth and grace. And the Bible says Jesus was not only true, Jesus was full of truth and grace. You see Christians who have grace. They understand grace. So they throw truth away. And they live. You know, they are the ones who bring disrepute. You know, give me the word. Disrepute. To the name of. Sometimes it's Ibu, not the English. So they are just like that. Then you see another Christian, we are the world people. We know the world. We know the world. We know the world. No grace. So, eh? so they will see somebody who is hungry. They bring truth. Let him that refuses to walk not eat. <laughs> truth. You have not asked him why he's not working, whether work day. It's like you have not looked for work before. You have not asked him whether he has underlining uh, ailments. You have not asked him. You just brought truth. He that refuses to walk should not eat. Truth. Who, who sinned that this one should be born blind? Truth. Because for this one to be blind, it means that somebody has sinned. In fact, they even asked, is he him? Now, somebody was born blind, how can he sin? Is it the way he was positioned in the mother's womb? He said, no, if it's not him, then the father sinned. Truth without grace. You know, when they came to console Job, the friends of Job. Hmm? Job has how many chapters? I think 42. First three chapters, conversation between God and Satan. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. is God and Satan talking about a man. From chapter 4 to 27 is Job and his friends. Sorry, chapter 4 to 37 is Job and his friends. Then the other chapter is God and Job. That's how Job is divided. Now, so... The one that has a longer... Now, I just broke it down for you, right? Good. Now, so from chapter 4 to 37, 
for 36, the friends of Job were talking. And oh, they said so many things. In fact, one said he heard from God that this thing that Job is going through is only a man that has seen that can, go, that can go through this thing. When people are suffering, be careful of the kind of things you see. Do you understand? If you don't have anything to see, just leave it like that. So they said all manner of things. So the Lord came in Job chapter 42, verse 7. Just listen, I'll read it for you. It says, and it came about after the Lord had spoken, to, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends. Now, this is the reason. Because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So all the things that they said from Job chapter 4 eh, to 37 or 36 or 37. Now, they were speaking like they were speaking for God. You know what God said? Everything they said was wrong. Was what? Wrong. Only one guy spoke. And he didn't speak for long. Um, eh? Elihu, yeah. Or Elihu, anyone. But the other guys who took their time to speak, elderly, experienced, God said, everything you said about me concerning Job is wrong. And he said to them, go and offer a sacrifice. That's verse 8. He said, now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves and my servant Job will pray for you for I will accept him so that I may not do with you according to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. He repeated it again. What he said in uh, 7, he said in 8. You have not spoken of me what is right. But they took their time to speak. They took their time to analyze. But everything they were saying was not of God. And God said judgment was going to come upon them. And said they take a sacrifice to Job. Then Job will pray for them. You see, when people say, Thus say the Lord. I'm not saying God doesn't speak, oh. But me, I fear such things. Thus says the Lord. Haven't read the book that Pastor Banky wrote. Uh, what's the name of that book again? Guided by the Spirit. And we say, Thus says the Lord flippantly. You know what it means for God to speak to you? He said, Woe to him that says God has spoken when God has not said anything. The word woe means cursed with that person. You see, this God, when we know this here, eh? is causing a lot of problems. Because we wake up and he says, He said to us, Read this Bible for yourself. There's a, there are a lot of things that God has said. Everything that you need. In times past, he spoke through the prophets and all that. But now, it's through Jesus. Jesus is the word. The word you have. Somebody comes and says, God said to you. I'm not saying God doesn't speak. But if we can hear the word of the Lord and hear the word of the Spirit. He said, everything you have said, I did not send them. Do you understand? No, I did not. I fear, as a pastor, I, I hardly use it. That God said, I can't, the word of God is enough. I'm preaching from the word of God today and I'm telling you what it says in scripture. Do you understand? Then I wake up and because I had a dream, I don't know whether or not the activities of my day or the vex for somebody. Praise the Lord. So we'll go back to what Paul said. Paul came to the end of himself. And when a man comes to the end of himself, you know, you have struggled. You want to please God. No, see, you can't please God. God is only pleasing Christ. He didn't say to anyone, this is my beloved son. He only said that in one person. This is my beloved son, Christ. Do you understand? So there is a desire to do, but there is no power to do. There is a desire to do, there is no power to do. Now, 
This is where you start getting that power to do. That's what, that's what I'm teaching. That you come to the point where you say, I'm not, I'm not doing it again. Help me. So Paul came to that point. A point of frustration, a point of, he came to the end of himself. And he said to himself, tired of this. That is when Christ now said, okay, let me start walking. The old wine is finished. Do you understand? Now let the new wine come in. The old wine, if it's not finished, you will never know how sweet the new one is. If the old wine is not finished, you will never know how easy to walk with God. It took you time to bring out that old wine that everybody's enjoying. It took you time. But when that one finishes, then the Lord will come with his own. And they will ask, why did you not teach us these things? So Paul came to that point, to the end of himself. Peter also came. You know, God just waits for people to come to the end of their self. Peter toiled all night, came to the end of himself, caught nothing. Zero. You know, God is bringing every man to zero. Every man is coming to zero. Every system is coming to zero. Nations are coming to zero. Ideas of men coming to zero. If you will accept him, then he will begin to give them wisdom on what to do. So it's prostitutes and tax collectors who understand that they are not in any way. So God says, this one will enter the kingdom first before the Pharisees. The Pharisees are full of knowledge. The Pharisees, they know, oh, you think they are, you think they are, they are, they are uh, illiterate? No, they know that Jesus even said to his disciples, do what they say. Do you understand? But don't do what they do, but what they say. They are so full of themselves. They know a lot. Pharisees. But when you come to God, everything that you know, you set aside. The Bible says he, he's the meek he guides. He guides the meek. He speaks to the meek, to the one who is humble, to the one who says, I've come to the end of myself. That's the one he guides. Peter toiled all night, the same thing. Came to the, now, I hope you know Peter was experienced. But like I've told you, your experience will always, one day, disappoint you to come to an end. Now, that is when Jesus will come in. So Peter came to the end, experienced nothing. He didn't produce anything. So Peter came to the end. That even when Jesus, you know, died and all that, and they were all scattered because they were devastated, and Peter went back to fishing. The same thing that happened, happened again. What Jesus was telling him, Peter, without me, you can do nothing. If you think that because you are, you know, when life deals with you, you tend to go back to your old way because you know the old way very well. You understand? It has produced results for you over the years. Though it failed you, but you just you know that failure was just, let's try again. So he went back to the old way of fishing. And the same thing that happened, read the book of John. I think the last um, verse. The same thing that happened, happened again. And Jesus was just there. In fact, Jesus was preparing breakfast. And Jesus came. The same instruction he gave to him. He said, cast your nets. He did there was a great cash. That was when he knew that it was Jesus. Do you understand? He fell and worshipped. You must come to the end of yourself. Do you understand? See, you must. I must come to the end of myself. They said, according to theologians, Jesus waited until they came to the end of themselves when he was about to raise Lazarus up. They said the Jewish people believed that when a man dies, his spirits... Uh, you know, is restless for about three days. And after three days, he leaves. So Jesus waited for four days so that when Lazarus is brought back, they won't say, our way, our thought pattern has brought Lazarus back. So he waited. It was the fourth day. There was no hope again. 
Now, so if that your tradition says three days, the Spirit, if Jesus had come within that three days, you would have said, we said it, this thing is working. Do you understand? So he waited until they came to the end of their thought pattern, until they came to the end of themselves. Then, on the fourth day, he told them to do the possible, why he did the impossible. What is the possible? Roll the stone. The impossible is to comfort Lazarus. You must come to the end of self. You must come to the end of self. You must come to the end of self. Moses also thought he was strong. <laughs> if I read the book of Acts, God so reduced Moses to zero eh? that in Exodus chapter 40, if you read from I think verse 10 to 13, when God sent Moses after 40 years, Moses said, I can't speak. Send somebody else. God said, now I can work with this one. Do you understand? For 40 years, God did not talk to Moses. For 40 years, God did not speak to him. God did not say anything to him. But God was working in him. So the fact that God is silent doesn't mean that he's not working. He's working, but he's working. The process of that work is that he's breaking you. You know? When he's silent, he's doing a lot of things in you. He's breaking you. Reducing you to zero. You must come to zero. Every man must come to the end of himself. Every man. Reduced Moses to zero. Now when he said to Moses, go. Moses said, I cannot speak. Send somebody else. Exodus chapter 40. He broke Moses for that 40 years. And Moses said, I cannot. Well, before, this was a man who thought he knew how to do it. But God reduced him to zero. You think you can do it. You must come to zero. You must come to God and say to him, I know nothing. Then he will start walking. Now, at that point, you will see the power of God. Do you understand? Because there is no strength again. There is no idea again. There is no thought pattern again. It's just, you are just empty. It's God walking through you. Now, don't be interested in what God is doing through you. No. In fact, when he walked through his, the, the disciples and they came back and they gave testimonies, he said, no, that's not it. You miss it. It's not what I'm doing through you. He said, do not rejoice that you, you, do, you went out and you saw miracles and all that. You see demons scream because they mentioned my name. He said, no. He said, rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. So we see men who go to the place of prayer. They are groaning. They are fasting. Why? They want God to walk through them. No. Now, this will even shock you. God can walk through any idiot. Oh, God can walk through anybody. <laughs> but once he's walking through you and you're a dirty vessel, just know he's walking through you to destroy you. God can walk through anybody. <laughs> I've heard of testimonies of people who went to the villages to do crusade. Eh? Oh, didn't Paul say there are people who preach Christ as a result of what? Envy. But Paul said in all, Christ is what? He's preached. But those people will not get a result. They will not get a reward, sorry. I've heard of people who went to villages to do crusade with the aim of they are going to get money. And the lame walked and all that. So God move. So the power of God move mightily. Their aim was to go and make money. So men came to Jesus and said, did we not do this in your name? You thought they were lying. They were interested in what God was going to do through them. And so long, they, so long God was walking through them, they were satisfied. Never be satisfied for, that God is walking through you. If there is no work being done in you. If you are not being reduced. If self is not dying. If self is not dying. If you are not, you know, I read the scripture and I saw how that, it was his name, Simon of Cyrene was forced to carry the cross of Jesus. You know that story? They can't force you to carry the cross. If they, for, if they force anybody to carry the cross, the person won't go far. 
If somebody is carrying your cross for you so that you just catch your breath, you will take it by yourself to go and die. No, you take it by yourself to go and die. And even on that cross, while Jesus was hung up there, they were saying to him, if you are the son of God, then come down. Even when nobody, I hope you know the, the conversation between Jesus and the thieves on the cross. Nobody heard. It's just that you read, you read it on, in, in scripture. Nobody heard. You thought those people down, they, they were hearing what they were, they, they, in that pain, you think you would raise your voice? So the people who wrote that story, who wrote that account, they wrote by the inspiration of, Jesus, of, of the Holy Spirit that that was what happened. Because in that pain up there, they were whispering to each other. The pain was so much. You think they were shouting? The, the, the cross is so high. It's even high. That they, they were even far. Is it Peter that was hiding? Is it the apostles that were hiding that they now heard the conversation between Jesus and the thieves? But even on the cross, while he was there, somebody who was also dying was saying, if you are the son of God, then save yourself first and save me. You know, thank God, God is not us. Do you understand? Because you will kill that guy first by your word. <laughs> no, you just, you just kill that guy first. Say, I command you to die. <laughs> then focus on that one that truly wants to go. Because somebody was, even in death, somebody was being saved. Even on the cross. Like we were saying yesterday. If you are so concerned about the gift of, the gift of the Holy Spirit is good though. But if you are so concerned, the gift of the Holy Spirit is what the Holy Spirit is, what God is doing through you. Do you understand? Uh-huh. But that was not what kept Jesus on the cross. Do you know what kept him on the cross? It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love. If it's the gift, he will come down. Listen, he, you see, if Naaman had a brand new skin, then you think it's the skin that has been turned and with, uh, with lashes that... A word, and the guy is fine. The guy lives there. Nothing. But he was there. Excruciating pain. He was there. Why? It was love that kept him there. You must come to the end of yourself for you to see the power of God. You must come to the end of yourself. And that's the prayer we'll pray. That Lord, bring me. Because there are two ways you come anyway. Is it that you do it voluntary or God will do it by himself? <laughs> you, do, you will not want God to do it by himself. Eh? No, you don't want God to do it by himself. Because it's painful when he does it. But you can do it by yourself. You can. You can on your own begin to discipline your life. In such a way that you're saying to the Lord, I am nothing. So God reduced Moses to zero. Now, I want to read this. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Um, praise the name of the Lord. I will start from verse 1, but I'll skip a number of verses to get to 16. It says, Then we turned and set for the wilderness. Deuteronomy 2. By the way to the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me and circled um, Mount Sia for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have circled this mountain long enough, now turn north and command the people, saying, You will pass through the territory of your brothers and sons of Esau who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. So be very careful. It says in verse 5, Do not provoke them, for I will not give you any of their land even as little as a footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money, so that you may eat, and you shall also purchase water from them with money, so that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known, 
he has known your wanderings through the great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord has, these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. So we passed beyond our brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, away from the Araba road, away from Elath, and from Ezion, Ezion Geber. And we turned and passed through the way of the wilderness of Moab. In verse 9, then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given I to the sons of Lot as a possession. Now in verse 10, the enemy lived there formerly, a people as great, numerous, and tall as the Anakim. Like the Anakim, they also regarded as Rephraim, but the Moabites called them Emim. In verse 12 of Deuteronomy chapter 2, the Horites formerly lived. Now, he just continued. Now, listen, verse 13. It says, Now arise and cross over the brook Zereb yourself. So we crossed over the brook Zereb. Now, the time that it took for us to come from Kadesh Benham until we crossed over to Brook Zereb was 38 years. Until all the generation of. Now, please, this is where I'm going to. Until all the generation of the men of war perished from within the camp, as the Lord had sworn to them. Moreover, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from within the camp until they all perished. So it came about, this thing again, so it came about when all the men of war, again is emphasizing that the men of war, hmm, they perished from among the people. Then the Lord spoke to me saying, today you shall cross over I, the border of Moab. Now listen, you know when you have men of war, just like what he did to, um, what was his name now? Gideon. You know, again, story of Gideon, very interesting story uh, of, a man, of a man who was brought to zero. Just that later, that guy got, uh, got crazy again. Um, Gideon, when the Lord came to him, just a normal, was a farmer, and the Lord said, through you, I'm going to bring forth deliverance for my people. And Gideon, of course, came to zero and said, acknowledged his weakness. He said, um, my, my family is listing Manasseh. He said, and even in that list family, I am the last born. Do you understand? That is, there is no strength in me. Uh, but that's what God wants. So we know what happened. He had, I mean, is it 30,000 soldiers, men of war? God said, no, I'm not going to deliver you by that. And he reduced them to 300. You know, what he was just saying is, of course, listen, you are going to get deliverance. You're going to get victory not because you are strong. You're going to get victory because I want you to understand that I was the one behind your victory. Do you understand? And so with 300 men, Gideon went out. And of course, God did mighty, mighty things through him. So you see here, God killed all the men of war, reducing them to zero. So when they are faced with the enemy, they can cry to God. You know, when you have men of war, if you are not careful, you will, you, there is, how many of us, now don't put up your hands, so let's, God, just, <laughs> you know, if you have some set, certain amount of money in your account, how many of us feel good? Don't disgrace yourself now. Because you are not supposed to feel good. Then when the money, when you see the money going down, you start, uh, eh? you start misbehaving. You know, fear comes in, right? Those of you in the WhatsApp group, you have a meeting later. A meeting of deliverance. 
You know, if, no, Paul can never be in that your WhatsApp group because he said he learned how to, <laughs> whether the money is there or the money is not there. Some of you want to not get money. Now your children are the sorry for self. No watching of television in his house. <laughs> you, why are you like this? <laughs> but when you have money, you make them misbehave. When the account is good, everybody is fine. You understand? But when the account is low, the money is not even finished too. It's just low. Your, high, your, your BP has just been increasing. <laughs> you need to come to zero to see the power of God. He made them hungry. He brought them to what? Zero. And did what? Fed them. So that they will know that man shall not live by bread alone. A lot of us are still living by bread. Now, not the bread of life. Do you understand? Situations still toss, you know, you have mood swings. Today you are fine, tomorrow you are not. Today, once the money is there, you are happy. Today you are happy, tomorrow you are not. Listen, what God wants to do, you think Jesus was like that? You think Jesus, no, see, eh? of course, he wasn't holding the money. Now, Judas, now, once the money is low, Judas will be hoping that they'll go for a crusade and raise offering. <laughs> of course, now, they came, somebody brought a perfume to Jesus. He said he would have sold, there was no money then. Maybe all the money was low, you know. Now, listen, you come to that point where even if there is nothing, eh, you are not moved. Do you understand? The wine was finished. The old one was finished. You are not moved. Everybody, there is no pressure. Your wife, some, a, a woman said to me, I was counseling the family, he said, anytime there is no, once my husband's money is getting low, we, we run into the cave because a lion in him will come out. Just, the, mon- the money is not finished. Though. This, this is what I'm telling you, rich guys. Though. But once it's getting low, the lion will come out. The children will be, will be under pressure. The only thing that, that should put you under pressure is that you're not meeting up to the major and the stature of Christ that's supposed to be in you. Do you understand? Money is putting you under pressure. You are still in the process. You are still enjoying the old wine. It must finish. Praise the Lord. He said, that's the only problem we have. Once there's no money, then everybody is under pressure. Once there's no money, you can't hear from the Holy Spirit again. So you see, it's, the Holy Spirit, it's not the Holy Spirit that's been talking to you. But once there's money, you hear clearly from heaven. Your spirit is alert. It's sharp. The joy of the, it's not the joy of the Lord. <laughs> because the joy of the Lord is independent of circumstance. It's not the joy of the Lord. That's the joy of something in the account. Every time, I saw you they carry mobile app, they check. Every time. Then when you see, you smile. <laughs> the old wine was finished. Praise the Lord. So God is bringing men to zero. He's bringing me, he's bringing you to zero. You know, he reduced Job to zero. Job chapter 40. Then Job said with his mouth, I am nothing. <laughs> he so reduced Job to zero. Job, because you must say that, you must say it, that I am nothing. Moses said it, I am nothing. Peter said, we have toyed all night. Paul came to that point and says, I am frustrated, I can't do this on my own. You must say it. Job said, I am nothing. You must say it. And he will hear from the voice of your heart, say that, I am nothing. Nations must say, we are nothing. Nations must come to that point to say, we are nothing. Captains of industry must lead their people to say we are nothing. 
families must come together to say we are nothing. Then you will see the power of God. Praise the Lord. So Job said in Job 40 verse 4, he says, I am nothing in summary. I'm nothing. Another thing we read also, we read also from 2 Kings chapter 4, that the oil stopped flowing. I've talked of the wine that God finished. Now, the oil stopped flowing. Of course, the woman was in death the same way. He, she came to zero, right? Then, she, of course, there was trouble, and she ran to the prophet. The prophet gave her, told her to do the possible. The possible is that you can borrow vessels, jars. The impossible is that from one jar, you begin to fill, and it will fill the rest. That's impossible. So she did the possible. And, of course... God was doing the impossible until it finished. Now, it is like this. The oil of God never runs dry if you are dispensing, if you are, if you are being used, do you understand, in humility. The oil will continually flow. Now, but once you are full, the oil will stop. I don't know if you understand. The oil will continue. The oil will continue. And if you are not careful, you are going to get used to that pattern, which you must never get used to the blessings of God. Do you understand? I hope I'm saying that correctly. That is, you must always position yourself as a servant, eh? understanding that this thing is coming from somewhere, not that we know how to do it. You don't know how to do it. You must always position yourself as a servant. You must always acknowledge that this thing is coming. Now, that is you emptying yourself. So as you are pouring the oil, hmm? You are emptying yourself. I heard a story of a man who, you know, mightily anointed in a small village. So somebody will be sick. They will call him at night. They will run to his house and all that because the power of God was moving in his life. God was using him mightily. So he made a statement that he's tired. What is all this? Oh, one month, nobody came. Two. After about one year, he went to God and he repented of that word because he was full the oil stopped. Because he started praying and nothing was happening. And once the people see that nothing is happening, the news quickly goes that he has been using juju, the juju has failed. So he went to God and repented. You think God is using you, you think you are special. Now, constantly empty yourself, do you understand? So that the oil will continue to flow. Don't build an industry around the, the flow, the oil. So there's no anointing for sale. It will stop. Constantly put yourself in that. Now, because it is the number of vessels that they borrowed. Empty vessels, do you understand? Once it gets filled, then the power of God stops. But you can position yourself in such a way. That is, what you're doing is that you are constantly decreasing, like John the Baptist said, and God is constantly filling you. This head is only one. You can't put two crowns there. So when they came to make Jesus king, if he had accepted the king, if he had accepted their crown, there would be no crown for God to put on that head. Do you understand? Because they came to him and they said, be our king. And Jesus, if he had accepted it, God would, it's just one head you have. And once that head is occupied with a crown, then when God wants to put his own crown, there will be no space. So when he displaces the crown of men, because as you are growing in God, as you are living, you know Paul said, for me to live is Christ. This is what will happen to you. Two things. You are no longer, you know, the criticism of men means nothing to you. And the praise of men means nothing to you. The praise of men is what makes people fool. Do you understand? The praise of men. 
Now, but if you are dying to this flesh, the praise and the criticism of men, of men, mean nothing to you. You are living for the one who died for you. If your pleasure, if your satisfaction comes as a, as a pastor, I've learned, I've learned that. You, you preach. You are looking for how many downloads. You have not seen how many downloads Udumiji has. That guy has, you have not seen the views? Eh? 400,000. If you think it's by down and views, eh? You are missing it too. Because God is attending to one man at a time. Do you understand? It's one person per time. One person. Heaven rejoices over one. One is one. Not a group. One. If any man, not the, they, were, they, were, they were much in that church. But you see, I'm, I'm knocking. They are making noise. If one person, just one person opens for me, I will come in. One person per time. As you are growing in Christ, the praise of men mean nothing to you. Also, the criticism of men mean nothing to you. Jesus came to that point. They praised him. What did they not do? It meant nothing to him. They also criticized him. It meant nothing to him. They said, the Pharisees said he's a demon. That a demon is walking through him. Some of us, if they say demon, they walk through us. We're not going to sleep. Then if they praise us also, we are bloated. You are full. The oil will stop. The oil, the oil only keeps flowing for men who constantly empty themselves before God. Then the oil will flow. Because, listen, every customer that comes to you as a businessman is a borrowed vessel. Every member that comes to your church is, a, is not your church, like one man said. He said, they are leaving my church. Then the pastor said, they have to leave your church to go to the church of Christ. And because if it's your church, they must leave your church. The church is not your own. If it's your church, may they leave it. So the, the pastor was complaining that they are leaving my church. Another pastor says, they have to leave your church to come to the church of Christ. So if they attend the church where you pastor, as you are here now, you are all borrowed vessels. Do you understand? Every, every time you sit on that path, you are borrowed vessel and you are being filled. Is it that you are being filled with fear or you are being filled with the knowledge of Christ? And you know, to the knowledge of Christ, there is no end. You will know Christ until you die, if that is your quest. But you see, to the knowledge of men, you can easily get full. And Paul says, when you get filled like that, you will be spread. You will be reading the Bible to argue. Because you are not full. When the knowledge of God comes in you, it humbles you. It humbles you. You must die to the criticism of men and the praise of men if you are living for Christ. Those two things. You will say to yourself, I die to the praise of men. I die to the criticism of men. I live for the one who has called me. I live for Christ alone. My desire is to walk in a manner that is pleasing to him. I die to the praise and the criticism of men. Then the oil will constantly... Is it, listen, the oil, there's no problem with the oil. The oil is not the finish. It will constantly flow. It will constantly flow. So if you think it's the number of lives that gives you satisfaction, you'll be filled on time. You'll be filled on time. Praise the Lord. So we'll come to that point that will cry out. I've told you that you come to that point. When the wine finished, they cried out. Mm? And that's what we're going to do shortly. When you come to the end of yourself, like Paul did, you will do what? You cry out. When Peter was sinking, he did what? He cried out. The widow cried out. You must... You must. And you see, you can be enjoying the old wine 
That's why. You know, anytime you are not crying out, it means you are still enjoying the old wine. They were enjoying Egypt. They were enjoying Egypt. Until a pharaoh that knew not Joseph came and increased their labor. That was when they cried out. Do you understand? Then the Lord now said, I have heard the cry of my people. But before then, they were enjoying. A prince in Egypt, eh? a prince in Egypt is lower than a slave in the kingdom of God. So if you think you are enjoying Egypt, you know, when the Bible said Moses left the pleasures of, um, of uh, it, it, the Bible said the pleasures of sin, that's Egypt. He left the pleasures of sin. Again, the New Testament is summarized like this. From Genesis 18 to Malachi is about Israel. Now, the Old, the Old Testament is like this. From Egypt to the Promised Land to Babylon back to the Promised Land. That's the summary of the Old Testament. From Genesis 18, they started getting into Egypt. Then they came out of Egypt. Then they sinned and they got into Babylon. Right? Then from Babylon, they came out again. That's the summary of the Old Testament. So, the life of sin... eh? In Egypt was what God delivered them by a mighty hand. Deliverance from Babylon is, is, is by obedience, not by a mighty hand. They had no input in the deliverance from Egypt. You have no input in your salvation. I hope you know. You are saved by grace through faith for good works. No input. But you see Babylon, because you got into Babylon by disobedience. Most of the people in Egypt, they were born in Egypt which is a life of sin. Through one man, sin entered. And through sin, death. Now, so in Egypt, which it, now all of us were born into Egypt, but we used our hands to get into Babylon. Now, you are not going to be delivered by the power of God from Babylon. You are going to walk out your fear out of Babylon, your salvation. Do you understand? You are going to learn the ways of God to come out of Babylon. You see, this Bab- a lot of the things we practice, you'll be surprised, is Babylonian style. Yo, you think Babylon has left you. Now, so it is as you are learning Christ, you are emptying yourself. Remember, the, old, the, the new wine cannot come into old, um, the old wine skin. So what God is doing is purging that, purging you, so that the new can stay. Otherwise, if you put the new like that, it will tear up. So the life of sin, which was in Egypt... God delivered them by a mighty hand. Destroyed the economy of Egypt. Killed people. Destroyed their religion. Killed their, destroyed their military. Just to save the people. So they got saved. Got into the promised land. They were misbehaving. God sent prophets to them. Again and again and again and again. Then they got into Babylon. Now in Babylon, God said you will stay there. And you will begin to learn. So you are dying to certain things. You are carrying your cross. Because Babylon must be dethroned in your life. So we practice all manner, we are practicing all manner of things. Babylonian principle. God said, no. You, we must empty ourselves of those principles. You know, I've told you, and I've said that again. Please read the Bible for yourself. I don't know if you understand. Please do. Read the Bible. Learn it. Learn in respect. Even if you see a man of God preaching and fire is coming out of his head. Paul was, Paul was anointed. Paul finished preaching. The Iberian Christians will go. And they will go and check whether it is true. And they were commended for that. Read the Bible for yourself. Because I've discovered a lot of the things we practice, eh? They are important things. They are not scriptural. I don't want to mention some now so that you don't cause division. 
The Bible says, let everything grow together. Uh, by himself, he knows how to, to separate it. Because while you are trying to separate, you injure. But, so just be practicing. As you are reading the Bible, you will separate yourself. Don't worry. Can't you see how that thing has so spread? This demonic doctrine that if you don't give to God, God will not do anything for you. It was imported from Babylon. That you give to God, then God will do for you. Can't you see that you have not understood the father-son relationship? That the father has your interest at heart. It's your father. He says, when you want to pray, pray like this. Our father, what in heaven? But Babylon said that you, until you give to him, he won't do anything for you. Babylon. When the wine finishes, because the old wine will finish, at that point in time, whatever he says to you, do. Do. And there are a lot of things he's saying to you that you should do. Remember I told you I said something? There are things we practice that are just Babylon. Hmm? But keep practicing. Again, go and read your Bible for yourself. Please, I beg you in the name of God. Read your Bible for yourself. Read your Bible for yourself. You don't learn God in theological school. I, I don't have a problem with, of course, you know. I don't have a problem. But you don't learn God like that. Oh. The men who wrote these things were fishermen. Oh. What people are reading to get PhD from. What fishermen wrote, Peter and the rest, tax collectors, is what men are, are doing thesis on to get PhD in divinity. Do, is it doctor of... Uh, divinity. I read that Jesus did not go to school. I said, read your Bible for yourself. Because that was why the Pharisees, they were alarmed. Where did he learn all these things from? When God was to announce the coming of Jesus, he left, you know there was a school called the Songs of the Prophet. He left those school and went to one man who according to Pastor Ba, broke his father's heart. Only son, only child, giving birth to at old age, started keeping dada, Went into the wilderness. No, you will think, no, you will think he's funny. Your only son. You will send him to, to Harvard. Your only son. You will get the best of him. You don't, you don't know? Your only son. You want, you want to, then the guys, the guy just, he was keeping dada, went into the bush, was eating locust and wild honey. Maybe you think Zachariah was uh, happy. Your only son that you want to protect. Now, remember, he was supposed to be a priest, you know? He was supposed to take over from the father. He left the father's, permit me to use the word business, and was in the wilderness. Now, God, God boycotted all the scriptures of the prophet, went to one crazy man, and was speaking through that man. So all the people who were going to school of ministry, studying. I hope you know John the Baptist again did not go to school. But they are, you are doing PhD. They can say study John the Baptist. You don't know they can say study John the Baptist. And people will so they will go to his roots. They will write thesis on him, on the life of John the Baptist. And at the end of the day, you have doctor. Behind. What fishermen wrote, men in wilderness wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you are doing academic exercise on. I said, read your Bible for yourself. Everybody must come to zero. That is when the Holy Spirit will start to work. It's bringing everybody to zero. You must come to the end of yourself. You must. That's when you enjoy the new wine. So your prayer is constantly, Lord, bring me to the end of myself. He doesn't want to do it by himself. He just, he's just wishing that you do it by yourself. Because you might not like the process. My son did something to me. One of my sons did something to me. I mean, not my spiritual son, no. my biological. I beat him, eh? I beat him to the point that at a time I was crying, he was crying. Mm. Was it necessary? No. But it has to be corrected. 
there was a time I beat my fourth son. I beat him. You know, when you're beating somebody, eh? it's the mother that was crying. You know, if they don't slap somebody, <laughs> you'll be the one to feel the pain. It's still my son. I don't know if you understand. It wasn't necessary. But he has to come to zero to learn some things. This gospel of God does good things, eh? it's not just like that. Though. He reduces men to zero so that Christ can walk out of the furnace of affliction. Out of the furnace of affliction. A lot of us have never seen the power of God. Why? Because you are still enjoying the old wine. And the word of the Lord this morning is that the wine will finish. It doesn't mean he has left you. He's just saying, cry out for the new one. Then when you cry out for the new one, then he will begin to purge you so that the wine can stay, so that it won't break the old wine's skin. But the old one must finish. We must come to the end of ourselves. I started enjoying my Christian work when I came to the end of myself. And I said to God, I'm not a Christian. Because there are things I want to do. I can't do them. There are things I want to do, I can't do them. The things I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. Then, that was when God started working. Because I came to the end of myself. So he wakes me up to pray. I don't have to set my alarm clock. Sometimes I do. So I enjoy studying my Bible. Like Zakunen said, he was going around preaching, sharing tracts. He said, and he came to himself and discovered that he was not doing this thing because he loved the people. He was doing, doing it as a sense of duty. So he retreated and went back and he cried to God. He said, give me a burden for lost souls, not as a sense of duty. For God so loved the world that he gave. The foundation is love. Not let's go and preach. So you tarry. You tarry until the burden is on you. Then nobody will tell you. You go on. Until that burden is there, you can be doing it as exercise. How many people have you won? Who is counting? You think God is counting? Do you even think you've won anybody? How many people have you won? It's God bringing people to himself, not you winning people to him. He's the one bringing... He said nobody comes to the Father except he is drawn to the Father. He's the one bringing people to himself. But there's another way you can empty yourself. There's another way you can come to the end of yourself. Keep obeying whatever he says to you. Do. Do. Stop worrying. That's one way you empty yourself. Give to the poor. Say to the Lord, my future is in your hands. I will trust you. You have too much plans. I was preaching somewhere and I said to them, I'm rounding off. I said, the plans you have, who told you 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 will live to accomplish it? Somebody came to me and said, God promised me long life. I said, it's eternal life he promised you. But let's not go to that. You can be claiming it. Don't worry, have fun. (laughs) It's eternal life in the New Testament. In the old, he promised them land. He promised them children. He promised them long life. Eh? In the new, there's only one promise. The promise is Christ. Every other promise is inside that Christ. Let's stand up to pray. Simple prayer you're praying, Lord, bring me to the end of myself. (laughs) Or help me to to come to the end of self. Maybe that's the title of the message. Help me to come to the end of self. The old wine is finishing. <laughs> All over the world, don't think it's only, everywhere. Ideas, of, ideas are running out. So pray, say to the Lord, Lord, 
Help me to come to the end of self. You are still full of self. You are still full of self. Oh, pray this morning. Pray this morning. Pray this morning. Pray this morning. Say, Lord, help me come to the end of self. Great ideas you have. (laughs) Great ideas you have. Pray. Say, Lord, help me come to the end of self. Say to him, I live for you alone. I live for you alone. Let Christ fill me. Oh, let him fill me. I want to hear you pray. I want to give you like five, ten minutes to pray. You are not your own. You belong to God. You do. Every man must come to the end of himself. The old wine must finish, must run out. The old wine must run out. The old wine must run out. The old wine must run out. Lord, I come to the end of self. I come to the end of struggling. Paul came to that point. He came to that point. Say to him, I come to the end of struggling. When you come to that point, then you will begin to learn Christ. Because whatever he says to you, do, then you will do. Whatever he says to you, do, then you will do. Oh, I'm not afraid of the criticism of men. Neither do I take the praise of men. Because I live for you. I live for you. I live for you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Earlier this week, I attended Bible study somewhere. And the pastor that was teaching said something very profound. He was talking about the ones that God chooses. The one that God chooses. He said, among the virgins, and the, holy, the, the, the angel of the Lord came to Mary. And he was, going to bring, he was going to use Mary to bring forth the promise of God. And you'll be excited that you've been choosing to do something great for God on this earth. But what followed? Because God chose a woman, shame came. I hope you know. Reproach. Till tomorrow, they still believed in some cycles that she went to do something else. In fact, Joseph also believed. And the Bible said because he was a good man, he wanted to put her out quietly. Because God chose a young girl to bring forth Christ. You are excited that God has chosen you. You are a royal priesthood, right? A chosen generation. <laughs> I hope you are ready to partake of the shame that comes with it. Because shame comes with Jesus. Eh? Now, not shame of sin. Do you understand? The shame that um, is only, how do I put it now? It's only you that knows the glory. The Bible talks of the sufferings. Do you understand? It's only you that know that there's glory at the end. But you will be accused of all kinds of things. Why? They said, see Mary. She has gone out. Until tomorrow, they still believe that. Why? Because Jesus, God, shows someone to bring forth Christ. You want to bring forth Christ? Eh? Out of the furnace of affliction. That is why, when the Bible says, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. It's true. <laughs> the world will show you shege. You won't love them. <laughs> you can't. Paul talks of the reproach of Christ. Do you understand? I don't know whether, do we read these things at all? He talks of the reproach. The reproach of Christ. It's with a talk of glory, 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 glory. I told you they sing only one song in heaven. Only one song, one track. 
in heaven. Holy, 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 holy. It's here that you release a bomb. God is not bored. Holy, holy, holy. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how he enjoys it. But he enjoys it. He's glorified in that. There is a reproach that comes with men who wants to give birth. Who wants Christ to be expressed through them. There's a reproach. He says, so Mary went through that. You would think it was an easy experience. It was not. Why? Because God shows a woman, a young girl. So can, shall we pray that the Lord will give us grace? The Lord will give us grace. That the reproach, that's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed. You know, there was one video that came. Um, the present prime minister, that's, uh, that's not a recent video anyway. The present prime minister, how the guy, the light can be in front of, uh, is, that, is that his house or parli- front of parliament? Eh? That's probably, you know, the guy's a Hindu worshiper and all that. And Christians were, they were shouting, in this our UK, <laughs> when I never see anything. When somebody described the Hindu, oh, I think that's what it is. I didn't know it was that bad, though. Hmm. The person said he has been there. It's bad. But the man is not ashamed of the God he serves. Huh? Hey, I heard there was one Senate president then that used to carry his own God to the house. Uh, but you can't pray because you are ashamed of Jesus. Eh? You can't pray. <laughs> you are ashamed of Jesus. You know what they say? Say if you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed. Now, if there is nothing to be ashamed of, eh? that means there is something to be ashamed of, right? Yes, there is now. <laughs> Paul wrote to Timothy and said, do not be ashamed of me, oh, because he was in prison. And he warned him because Demas could not bear it. Demas ran. And I'm not blaming him. I'm just praying that God, the grace that Demas did not have to stay with Paul, I received that grace. Because it's a grace of staying with suffering. Paul was not enjoying that. So he wrote to Timothy. He said, do not be ashamed of me. No, partake in this suffering. There's a suffering that comes with Christ. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of eternal life. You also have the gift of suffering. It's in scripture. So how come we claim the first two, then the last one, we say, not with my head. It's a total package. But it's the one who gives grace. So receive grace this morning. Amen. Now pray. Say, Lord, I receive grace. Pray, pray. I receive grace. I will not be ashamed of Jesus. No, no, no. I will not. I will not. I will not. I will not be ashamed of Jesus. Receive grace this morning. I receive grace, Lord. It talks of the reproach. I receive grace. Now, that is when you begin to see and experience the power of God at that point. You begin to experience the power of God. You begin to experience the power of God. You begin to experience the power. The glory of God now shines through you. Why? Because out of the furnace of affliction, it's not the furnace of prosperity, it's the furnace of affliction. The Lord has chosen you out of the furnace of affliction. So pray this morning and say, Lord, I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. I do not live to please the world. No, I live to please Christ alone. Oh, pray this morning. Pray this morning. I please Christ alone. I please Christ alone. You look like a madman because you serve Christ. They don't understand you. No, they don't. They don't. They can never understand you. They can never. But Christ is in you. So say to the Lord this morning, I receive grace. The reproach. When he says, do not be ashamed of me, that means the world is ashamed of Jesus. The world is ashamed of Jesus. No, but you cannot be ashamed of him. We identify with him boldly. We identify with his sufferings. We identify with everything that comes with it. Of course, he's going to bless us. He's going to bless us. 
but we identify with it. Ask for grace. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. It's walking through you. Remember, you do the possible. He is the one who will do the impossible. Oh, pray this morning. Pray this morning. Let him hear your voice and say, Lord, I live for you alone. I live for you alone. I live to please you. I do not live to please my neighbor. I die to the criticism of men. I die to the praise of men. I live for you. For me to live is Christ. I do not live to please any man. I do not live to, to, to please a system. Oh, then begin to pray that the Lord will purge you so that the new wine can stay. Purge me so that the new wine can stay. Purge me of my ideas. Purge me of my plans. Frustrate my own plans. Let your plans prosper in my life. Frustrate my plans. Let your plan. Can you pray that prayer? That the Lord will frustrate your plans. That is a plan of God that will prosper in your life. It's my plan. It's your plan that will prosper in my life. Not my plans. No, I don't want my plans to prosper. I don't want my plans to prosper. I want your own to prosper. Jesus prayed that prayer. He said, it is not my will, but your will. Lord, it is not my will. It is your will. Frustrate my plans. Frustrate my plans. Let your plans prosper in my life. Oh, that is when you enjoy the new wine. The old wine is the, idea of, the ideas of men. The old wine is the system of men. That they have enjoyed up to this time. But they have still not recognized the power, the sovereignty of God. They have kept God aside. So the new wine, the old wine has run out. The, new, the old wine is finished. And God is presenting the new wine to them. But for the new wine to stay, for the new wine to stay, the Lord has to purge you. The Lord has to purge you. The Lord has to purge you. Ask that the Lord will purge you. Because if the old wine stays in that, it will break up. And it will, it will waste. So pray, pray. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, purge me. Purge me of my ideas. Purge me of my ideas. Purge me of the traditions of men. Purge me of the doctrine of men. Let only your counsel stand in my life. Oh, let only your counsel stand. I come to the end of self. I come to the end of struggling. I come to the end of self. I come to the end of struggling. And I say like Paul, Jesus help me. Jesus help me. Help me. I've come to the end of self. I've toyed all night. I've toyed all night. We have toyed all night. And we cut nothing. So we cry for help that we are sinking. As a nation, Lord, we cry for help. We are sinking. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We cry for help. We have come to the end of ourselves. We have tried all the methods we know. It has not worked. It has not worked. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help the church. Help the nation, Nigeria. Help us, Lord. Help us in this state. We have tried. Help Enugu State, Lord. Help us, Lord. We have come to the end of self. We have come to the end of our methods. The old wine is finished. Oh, there was a time we enjoyed peace. That was the wine. That was the old wine. Now we are crying to you, Lord. And we say, Lord, the Prince of Peace, the one who gives peace, even in the midst of trouble, give us your peace, Lord. Give us your peace. We come to the end of self. We come to the end of self. Somebody has been struggling with sin like Paul did. You've been trying to please God. No, you can't please God on your own. Ask that the Lord will help you. Ask that the Lord will fill you. He was filled with the Spirit. And he could conquer the flesh. Ask that the Lord will fill you. 
Ask that the Lord will fill you. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Fill my cup, Lord. Raise those hands to the Lord and just surrender totally to him. Raise your hands up to the Lord and surrender to him as you sing that song. Come and quench this thirst in my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, yes, Lord, completely, yes, my soul says yes, oh, yes, Lord. I say yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord, completely yes, my soul says yes. Lift up those hands and just thank the Lord for accepting this sacrifice. This living sacrifice that you have offered to him today. Just thank him for accepting it. Thank him that he's going to use it. Thank him, thank him, thank him for accepting this sacrifice. The way it is. And that he's going to transform and use it for his glory. We give you praise, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We bless you because you're good. Thank you for your mercy, O Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, Lord. We are grateful. We are grateful. In Jesus' name.